who's, um, who's ever been um, felt a bit displaced? See, this week, this week, the last two weeks, we've been um, renovating our house and um, it, it started on, the, we, we sort of did it deliberately that way, it started on the, the first Monday of the school holidays and, um, and, and we'd, I'd taken a couple of walls down over the weekend and got most of our kitchen out and then the builders arrived on Monday morning and, and they were actually pretty keen for us and our kids and our dog to get out of there. Uh, we, we didn't sort of get a, a, it's lovely having you guys around sort of feel from them. And, and so anyway, we, we got packed up and then we, we crashed at my parents for a couple of nights and then we've been up the east coast um, in our caravan and then... Uh, and then back to Hobart and then we were crashed at mum and dad's for a little bit again and then I felt really sorry for them. So uh, we've been in a local caravan park. Um, I packed up this morning and driven straight up here, caravan park, out in the car park. Uh, who knows, we might stay there for another month. <laughs> no, it's all cool. We're, we're home this afternoon and we're looking forward to that. But you know, that, there's a thing about that, that displacement. I mean, that was a low key, but sometimes people are seriously displaced where, you know, everything in your world changes. You know, it can be a job. Um, we would probably have people here this morning that have been displaced from a nation or a country. And, and you know, it, it, it's big stuff. It, it really does impact us or, or something in your world changes and everything is turned upside down and, and you wonder what's happening any, anymore. Uh, and I want to address some of those things this morning. But I'm sure you don't need me to remind you, um, particularly if you're here um, in Australia, um, if you're in the US, you're, you're at the other side of things. But um, for, for us, um, we are halfway through winter. Did you know that? We're, we're actually over the hump and the days are getting longer. We're getting a, a few more minutes of sunshine every single day. And, and I think we're actually far enough into it now that you can start to notice the difference, um, and, and I'm, as you know, I, I get out in the morning and, and cycle and, and I'm pretty connected and aware of that and, and it's really encouraging when you start to see the days drawing out instead of contracting uh, as you get at the other side of it. But, but as this time of year, you look around and, and many of our trees and things are, uh, are lying dormant. You've got their, their dormant naked limbs and structures are so often visible in, in front of often grey backgrounds. And have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like the good stuff, the fun stuff, the lush stuff, the green stuff has been stripped away? And perhaps you feel like there you stand, a bare frame against a grey background, you, you feel like you've been paired back and even your environment around you actually feels cold and grey. I'm sure many of us have been in that place and, and if, you're, if you're there right now, I've got, I've got good news for you because within a month, life and greenery will begin to return to our trees and our environment here in Hobart and this part of the world. And the process of regeneration will actually be celebrated again. And the good news I've got for you, if you're in a season where you feel like you've been a bit pared back, where you feel like things have been stripped away, where you feel like perhaps 
you know, that, that some of that, that lush, fun, green stuff is not there at the moment. Regeneration, in other words, that cycle of life is absolutely part of God's DNA. He, he is a God of regeneration. And, and listen to what Jesus says. He says in John twelve twenty four. he says, Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. A kernel of wheat dying in the ground and producing many seeds shows that actually death is necessary for a harvest. And and I want to encourage people this morning, maybe you've been in that place where you feel like, you know, things have been pared back, things have been stripped away, or maybe there's an area of your life that you feel is dormant at the moment. Does that mean that God has stopped working? Does that mean that the process of life has actually stopped? Absolutely not. It it probably means that there is something going on in your world, deep inside you at the moment, and there are times we've actually got to be able to let go and let certain things die, and, and they fall to the ground, and out of that, our God, who is the God of regeneration, who is the God of new life, and it's intrinsically in his DNA, is actually doing something new in you and new things are going to grow and form out of that. Jesus actually continued to say, if you hold on or, or you love your current state or ideal so much that you're not totally committed to him, you'll actually lose what you've got. And, and the verse actually says, you know what, if you... If you, if, you, if, you, if you love your life, in other words, if you love everything around you so much more than you love Jesus, you'll actually lose what you've got. But, but the inverse is, if you actually hold that lightly and you choose to be totally committed to him, you'll actually find a greater life. He can lead us into spiritual and emotional regeneration. And there are seasons and times things come to an end. There are seasons and times where things lie dormant. The prophet Ezekiel wrote these words and he actually wrote them while he was an exile in Babylon. And it it was like the the journey or the story of of the people of of Israel and Judah. It, it, It actually almost stopped. It became dormant. Um, their, their, their whole country had been trashed. Um, they, uh, many of them, most of them, were, were living in, uh, in Babylon. They had actually been taken um, to the area of Persia from their homeland. You know, and they still had these promises. They still had their dreams. Uh, they, they still sort of somewhere believed that there was a calling and a greater purpose on their life. But they're in this season where all that's on hold. All that's lying dormant. And, and, and the prophet Ezekiel, I love the way that he writes. He, he, he writes and he says, you know what, I, I was there, I, I was in Babylon and God picked me up and he transported me to Judah. And, and it was like, you know, he, God actually take him, took him in the spirit and he started to see all these things and, and he writes them down. I, I just feel this morning, I want to encourage those that actually write prophetically that you need to start writing 
that you need to start writing more. We are in a season where, where, where there is a prophetic voice, where, where God is actually going to pick people up and he's going to transport you out of a dormant situation and you're going to start speaking life, you're going to start speaking hope, you're going to start speaking newness and I believe that those things need to be written down and they need to be shared at the appointed time. And in Ezekiel 36:26, and he's talking about, about the people of Israel, he says, I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Anybody, anybody had a broken heart? Many of us have, haven't they? Whether it's that something that is just so deep or whether it's that 14-year-old broken romance. And after a broken heart, sometimes what we do is we go into a protective heart and it's like our heart becomes dead. It becomes like stone. Nobody's going to touch me. No one's ever going to break my heart again. That bloke, he's broken my heart. I'm not going to let anybody in there ever again. I've got good news for you. God is in the process of regeneration. Unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, we can't see a harvest. And the miracle is for that nation of Israel that had lost heart, that lost spirit, that started to lose their culture and their hope, And God says, you know what, supernaturally I'm going to do something amazing. He says, I'm going to take out your heart of stone and I'm going to put in a heart of flesh that's alive and it's pumping and it feels. And and I believe that God is leading us into a, a great new season of regeneration. And he wants to remove an old or a dead spirit um, and, and I, I want to just talk about that in the, in the time I've got left this morning. You know, sometimes we talk about a person and we say, oh, that person's got a great spirit. Otherwise, when they, you know, when they come into the room, when they come into our world, there's something about, there's life that comes with them. You know people like that, don't you? Uh, maybe you're that person. And, and I, think, I think we can all be that, that person. But, you know, there's some people that have just got that spirit about them where, where it actually lifts the atmosphere when they turn up. And um, Leonie's one of those people, isn't she? Leonie did offering this morning. You know, Leonie comes in and there's life and there's laughter and, and there's fun and there's the most amazing jokes and, 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 and you know, there's, there's a, lifting, a lifting spirit. Or you've experienced also, we all do, we've experienced someone with a with a broken or, a, or sometimes a destructive spirit. You know, and it's like, it's like when they turn up, it's like, you know what, somebody, like, like, like there's a black hole and it's like all the life and everything just goes out of the room. During the, yesterday or the day before, I um, needed to explain to a six-year-old uh, the word Corruption. 
And, and, and I wasn't using it in a, in a very deep way. I wasn't talking about a, you know, a, a, a corrupt government or system or anything like that. I, uh, we, we were actually just talking about something that wouldn't open on, a, on an iPad or something like that or a file. Actually, it was, uh, we were actually down at Pete and Penny Burnett's place and, and Pete get, gets out the old retro um, Xbox. You know, one of those ones you've got to put CDs in. You know, that's how old it was. And, um, and, and the game that they chose wouldn't load. And, and I said, oh, yeah, I think that maybe the file's sort of gone corrupted. It's not working. It was, it was, even Xboxes do the spinning wheel of death, I found out. And, um, and, and Cody says to me, he says, oh, what, is, what, is, what does corruption mean? And, and I said, well, it's actually, it sort of means when, when something that was good becomes broken and doesn't work anymore and it's sort of, it actually ends up becoming bad. I said, that's what corruption means. And, and, and I believe that, I'm talking about examples of a bad spirit this morning. So what I'm saying is, is sometimes we carry what's like a bad spirit and it doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It, it just means that there are parts about our, about our atmosphere and it's a bit like you, you, we develop a, a bad or corrupt spirit. And, you know, corruption happens because something actually, something goes wrong, something breaks, something doesn't get the life it needs. You know, when files corrupt on computers, they corrupt because, you know, something goes wrong in the process. Often, you know, you're, you're transferring a file from one place to another and, and, and it gets interrupted. That, that transfer, that transmission gets broken on the way through so the file becomes corrupt. And, and I think many of us have been in, in seasons of transition and, and sometimes something comes in, bam, in the way and it's a bit like, like you know, something God was doing, something interrupts and, and what was good starts to sort of, you know, break down a little bit and it, and it sort of almost corrupts. And, and so I want to talk about some of those things this morning. Now, I am not, when I talk about a, this sort of spirit, I'm not up here pointing the finger because I think in humanity we all share in these things together. And, and I think the first example of where our spirit isn't in the place it needs to be, where we need that regeneration, is pride. I mean, I know you don't have pride, but sometimes I do. And it says this, it says in Proverbs 16 and 18, it says, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And while I've been on the subject of little kids... Uh, you know, I've got one that's, um, that's very confident about all these sorts of things. And, and sometimes you'll come in and tell you, come on, come on, watch me, watch me, watch me do this. I actually want to show you how good I am. And, and I think, wow, wouldn't it be good to be a six-year-old? Just go around and say things like that. And, um, you know, and, and then he's off on his bike or his scooter or whatever. But you know what often happens, isn't there? There's, there's I am, oh, I'm going to show you how good I am. And the next thing, bam! <laughs> Jealousy. 1 Corinthians 3.13 says, you, and this is talking about Paul writing to people and he, he's addressing you know, them engaging with this journey or this process of regeneration. And he says, you are still worldly for since there is jealousy and quarrelling among you, you are worldly and you are, you are acting like mere humans. <laughs> Problem is we're all mere humans, aren't we? And... And he's saying, like, if you're, if you're always arguing, you know, there's, there's some stuff that you've got to address in your spirit. 
And, and he was talking to a church and it was like, yeah, they had a great mission, but they, they were fighting, they were worried about stuff. Like, you know, what's the, you know, are the drums too loud? Or, um, you know, what, what's the, what sort of accent do we put on this? Or, or, or what type of food do we eat? And they're getting all wound up about all that sort of stuff. And he says, well, okay, there's a, there's a spirit issue here and you're still worldly. Fear. 1 John 4.18 says, There is no love in fear, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. And, and John wrote that, and he had, a, he had probably the best understanding of, of, of the disciples of Jesus, of the 12 apostles. He, he had this absolutely intimate understanding of what it meant to be loved. Because he, he was the guy that when he, when he writes his, his gospel, he says, the disciple that Jesus loved. Now, I always thought that he had tickets on himself. You know, like, oh, yeah, I'm the one he loved. But, but really what he was saying, he was actually expressing how he felt. He was expressing how he was able to receive and understand and know that he was loved. And he says, when he writes, he says, you know what? Fear is all about punishment. And, and you know, if, if, you, if you haven't done anything wrong, we well, don't have to fear. And, and you know, when I've had lots of struggles over the year with, with, my, um, with driving on our roads. You know, um, when I was young, I was silly, and um, when I was old, um, I just forget things. <laughs> last, last time I got pulled up for speeding, I just said, look, you know, I've got dementia, I couldn't see the sign. <laughs> And they booked me anyway. Um, but, you know, if you haven't done anything wrong, you know, if you know you've done nothing wrong and the policeman comes and pulls you up, you're sort of like, it's, it's okay, isn't it? Because, well, I know they're not going to book me. But for me, because I've got that history, I'm thinking, well, I probably did something wrong. I know, that, I know there'll be something there somewhere. And maybe they're going to go back through my record. So, you know, but... but but you know what, I'm, I'm fearing some sort of punishment or, or, or thing that happens. But you know, when we understand that Jesus died on the cross and he took on all our rubbish in his place, we don't need to fear. We don't need to fear and that's the spirit that he wants us to live with. Unfaithfulness is, is actually a, a manifestation of a, of a broken or a corrupt spirit, if you like, um, where we, we find it hard to be faithful. You know, faithfulness is all about trust. If we have good relationship, we understand how loved we are by Jesus, it is much easier to be faithful. Um, despair. And, and who, who enjoyed, who enjoyed that was here? Who enjoyed our, our, our worship night on Thursday night? Wasn't it fantastic? Was it, wasn't it great? And, and one of the things we, we talked about was, is Isaiah 61 verse 3, and, and we looked at it last time I preached. And provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow upon them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning. And we had a great word uh, that night. Um, Mel- Melvin actually really felt um, that, that, you know, that there was a sense of a season of mourning that was over. And, and I believe that. I want to reiterate that because I believe that, that many of us have been through stuff. 
uh, and the people here online this morning, you've been through stuff. And I think there is a sense of God leading us into, into an opening and, and, and a season of mourning that is finished where we can actually embrace what is ahead. And he says, instead of ashes and the oil of joy, instead of mourning, a garment of praise. In other words, choosing to put on praise. And, and Leonie shared with me, um, just as we came in this morning, that, that she came into that, that worship night feeling like she had a heavy spirit, feeling heavy. And, and at one point uh, I said, look, Leonie, I, I believe that you've got a word, something to give us. And she looked at me and I'm thinking, okay, gee, I might have mucked this one up. And, 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 and then, you know, she just spoke out this, this word about, about letting stuff go. And, and, and it was like God opened some things up in the night. And then she had a confirm from another friend and she walked out of that night feeling like the weight of the world had actually been lifted off her. That is what it does when we praise. That is what it does when we choose to praise, when we get into that place. So, you know, despair is, is a sign of a broken spirit and sometimes it's a journey walking through that. Like if, if you're struggling with stuff, if you're struggling with depression, if you're struggling with, with brokenness, I'm not going to be silly enough to say, okay, come up the front here and, 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 and you know, we're going to speak one word over you and it's all going to be finished forever. It's a journey for so many people. But you know what? There is a sense of putting on praise that actually leads us through those things. Um, Spiritual dullness. Sometimes, you know what, this is, I reckon, I reckon this, it's like the, I don't know, I don't like to use the word curse, but it's it's like the, the modern church is so often just full of spiritual dullness. See, we become, we become these consumer churches where we, we sit down, everything is done so well. You know, you come in and you've got a worship team and they're practised up and, and, and they're ready and it's good and, 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 you know, somebody else has got all the seats out and got it organised and, and, you know, there's a, the, 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 somebody's prepared a word and there's all this stuff and we come in and we sit here and we receive. And that is good. I want you to do that. You need to do that. But, you know, if that is all the experience is, we become consumers and we become spiritually dull. And you know what? We're not being called into a season with a spiritual dull people. We are being regenerated where spirits will be alive and awake and ready for the future. So who, who hasn't been jealous? Who hasn't experienced pride? Who hasn't made decisions that have been motivated by fear? It is the human condition, isn't it? What we feed though, what we feed grows. Do, do we feed jealousy? Otherwise, do you get with a friend and, and talk about that jealousy? You know, talk about that, that worship leader who you think shouldn't be worship leading because you should be. And, and, you know, you talk about, you know, the, the, you know, the, the fact she sung flat and that the she uh, had, you know, the, the way she dressed and all those things, you know. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm being stereotypical there, but you know what? That, you can get the picture, can't you? Like if you, if, you, if you do that stuff, you're actually feeding the jealousy. And what does the jealousy do? It just grows and it builds. Do we feed our fear? Do, do, we, do we talk about all the things that might or could go wrong? You know what, I, I think we're, we're in a season you know, where we, we obviously know that we're, we're not through this COVID season yet. And, and I'm not saying, we, we've got to be wise about the way that we, we walk through it. We've got to be wise about that. I encourage that. But what, what I want to encourage us to is that we don't allow everything that we do and the spirit and the way that we feel to be governed by fear. 
it's really important that we're not governed by fear. If we feed fear, it grows. God is in the process of regeneration and as we let go and, and we let some of those things die, as we hold them light enough for God to remove and, and replace with the new, well, he's able to lead us into regeneration. So what does that look like? What does a regenerated spirit look like? What, what does a revitalised spirit look like? Anybody need their spirit revitalised this morning? You know, and I believe we are going to pray for people at the end of the service and um, after, we, after we finish on, online. And, but, but I just believe, you know, there will be a revitalised... Uh, people can actually step into a revitalised spirit. Yes, it's a process, but God wants to do something supernatural. Um, Proverbs 29, 23 says... Pride brings a person low, but a lowly spirit gains honour. So humility is, is a hallmark of, 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 a, of a good or a renewed or regenerated spirit. Um, don't, don't be worried about humility and don't be worried about... Don't, don't get into false humility, but just embrace it. You know, Moses actually wrote that he was the most humble man in the world. So, um, you know, let's just, just take it on. Submission. Who likes submission? <laughs> you will submit. Who, lo- <laughs> Who loves submission? No, no, it's, it's not easy, is it? I've just, I've just, I shared, I shared a little bit about my uh, my driving struggles when I was young, and and really, I just, my problem was that. I wanted to be able to drive a car how I wanted to drive it. I didn't want to be restricted by all these rules and regulations that you know, I thought were a bit nanny state. But uh, now I don't think that. But, but you know, I was, I was 17. Um, but the biggest problem I had was an issue that, that, that I just didn't want to submit to that. I wanted to do what I wanted to do anyway and it got me in a lot of trouble. I love this. Numbers 12:14 says, "But my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly and I will bring him into the land um, he went to and his descendants will inherit it." Isn't that amazing? If we can actually have a spirit that is in submission to the authority of God, that, that, that we're actually even a big enough person to be able to do it, submit to, to godly leadership, to be able to even submit to our, our government, and, and where, where that's not against what God calls us to do. Now, if we have that sort of spirit, it says there will be an inheritance. Isn't that amazing? And why, why, why do we find it hard to get? Because the natural condition of us as people is not to submit. We, we actually want to say, we'll do what we want to do. And I've had to go on that journey and still go on that journey. Many of you do. But there is an inheritance if we understand what it means. What does submit means? It means to come under authority. In other words, it puts you under that authority and if you're under that authority, well, that authority is actually is able to come in and work through you. If you're thinking, I don't have authority in my world, well, it might mean that, 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 that you've actually got to address the issue of submission where you get under authority so that you can function with authority. That's what submission is. It takes a big person to have a posture of submission. When we have a different spirit, it's amazing 
where you will walk, the opportunities that will come your way and what you will inherit. If we have that spirit like Caleb where you have a different spirit. Okay, wisdom. Wisdom is another hallmark of of a good or regenerated spirit. Listen to what it says in Deuteronomy. Again, it's this whole era, um, 34.9. Now Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him so the Israelites listened to him and did what the Lord had commanded. Now you may feel like, oh, I'm not that wise this morning and and wisdom is a journey. It takes time to, to gain wisdom. But the classic example that we read in the Word of God is, is Solomon as a, as, a, as a young king when he's coming into this whole thing and thinking, how am I going to do this? How am I going to lead these people? Well, he was actually smart enough to ask God for one thing. God says, well, I'll give you anything you want. You know what, I'll give you, I'll give you riches, I'll give you power, uh, I'll give you authority. And, and he actually said, no, the thing that I want most is wisdom. And the Bible tells us if we ask for wisdom, it will be granted to us. And I think it means that we need to ask for wisdom. So many times I, I go into, you know, into meetings with people and all those things and sometimes you know, they're a bit, you know, a bit prickly or a bit hairy, you're wondering how it's all going to go. And, and you know, sometimes you just bowl in and you think, gee, that didn't go so good, did it? But, but mostly, mostly nowadays I, I actually pray and I ask for wisdom before I address it, before I go in. And, and I, I can tell you so many times the, the answer actually sometimes even comes before you arrive at the situation or the meeting and, and, and you're given a clarity to see that is supernatural and, and, and there is actually an atmosphere of wisdom around what happens. Does it come from me? No, it comes from God who grants wisdom to those who ask. Steadfastness. Who's a steadfast person? When I was a kid, Alex referred to these boys things. I was in a thing called Boys Brigade. And the motto of Boys Brigade was sure and steadfast. We had, uh, we had little, little anchor logos on our, our shirts and our epaulets and all those things. And, and the, the motto was sure and steadfast. In other words, you know, we have a sure hope because Jesus is alive and he enables us to function in a steadfast way. In other words, you're not... You're not shaken around by everything that comes your way. You're not shaken around by everything that doesn't quite work. And, and it says in Psalm 51.10, it says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. So if, if, you are, if you're not feeling, if you're feeling a bit shaky today and, and you want to engage with this process of regeneration, why not ask? You know, create in me a, a pure heart, O Lord, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. In other words, I'm not going to be shaken by everything that comes along. I'm going to be steadfast. Um, it also says in Psalm 51 verse 12, Restore to me the joy of my salvation. Um, grant me a willing spirit that will sustain me. Joy is a hallmark of a regenerated spirit. Strength. Um, I love Nehemiah says, he says in, in Nehemiah 8.10, he says, go and enjoy choice food and drinks. Who wants to receive that this morning? And to those who have nothing prepared, he says, and, and give to those who have nothing prepared, this day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Who's who's feeling like they need more strength? Well, I reckon if we engage with the joy of the Lord, we understand what he's put in us, there is a natural strength that comes out of us 
So that's part of a regenerated spirit. That is a great segue into the next one, zeal. Who uses that word zeal? I think it's a great word, isn't it? Zeal. It's sort of like, hey, I'm zeal. I have got zeal. I'm, I, I, I've got passion. I've got excitement. And I haven't got unbridled passion, but I've got like a, a focused passion. And that's what zeal is. And, and it says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour serving the Lord. Who's down on zeal? How do you get zeal? What does the Bible tell me? When you start to serve, you actually find yourself gaining zeal. Sometimes we're actually disengaged, wondering what's happened, and we've got a cynical spirit. Well, if you start to serve God, if you start to get involved, well, then you become more passionate and you move to a place of zeal. Gentleness. 1 Peter 3 verse 4, rather it should be that you have, it should be that your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle, quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. It's amazing, isn't it? It's sort of almost contradictory. You can have, you can have this zeal and this passion, but you can have this quiet, gentle spirit at the same time. And I think when we, when we get that, it's powerful. Where, 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 you know, there's something about your spirit that is gentle. It's loving, it's accepting, it's quiet, it's safe. But it's also, you've also got this zeal and this passion that actually inspires people. That is a hallmark of a regenerated spirit. Trust. I, I, think, I think trust is, is probably one of the first things that goes when things go wrong, aren't they? A, a broken relationship is normally that trust has been betrayed. It has gone missing. But, you know, God is in the process of restoring trust. Second Corinthians 4 verse 13, it says, It is written, I believe therefore... I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe, therefore, and speak. I believe, therefore, I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore we speak. You know what? We, we can actually trust the word of God. We can trust what he's spoken to us and therefore we speak out of this place of trust. Can, can God affect a change of spirit? Can you change your spirit? It says this, back to where we started. Ezekiel 36:26. And I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Ezekiel also addressed it earlier in his writings. He says, listen, I love this. He says, I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Undivided or unity. It doesn't mean all being the same, but it actually means choosing not to worry about things that don't matter. It actually means choosing to actually be joined together by those things which are important. In other words, when, 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 when we've actually got a unified heart, and, and I see that as a body, I see that as, as who we are as a church, the more that as our, our heart is unified, 
Some, we, can be, we can have a unified vision, we can have a unified cause, we can have a unified mission, but I think more powerful than that is a unified heart. It is like a heart or a spirit that is unified, where, where, where there is something that is deeper than, than just than just sort of these decisions and, and things that are going on around us where there is a unity in heart. For example, I, can, I, I know my friend Swice, who I can see down there, and Swice is a, he's a very learned man. And, and, and Swice has, has studies and, and there are times that, that Swice and I have you know, wrestled through issues and things like that when we're talking about that. But, but Swice and I can have a slightly different look at them, but we can still have unity of heart. Because, you know, what he understands that, that, you know, on this side of eternity, none of us will get everything right. He also understands that there is something more powerful uh, than being right or wrong and it's actually the blood of Jesus and it's being unified by his heart. I believe that he's calling us as a church, he's calling us as a city. I think as this church, there is a calling on us to actually unify the heart of the city that we're in. Uh, and I believe that starting here in... in in, 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 in Moona, in this area, in the city of Glenorchy, I think we can actually be part of bringing a, a community together and unifying a heart. You know, and that, doesn't, that, that actually comes when we get some of those hallmarks, when we're not full of pride, when we actually have humility, when we don't believe that we have, all the, we, 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 we have the right to project you know what, all our opinions on people, but we have this quiet, gentle spirit that actually knows we have the answers and we know we've got something to give and we know we can bring people from brokenness to fullness and we know that our God is in the process of regeneration. I can actually start to imagine and see, you know, a regenerated city. I think it, but it starts with us as individuals, having, not having a divided spirit, but having an undivided spirit. Sometimes we're divided in ourselves. Do I want it? Don't I want it? You know, how much do I want to follow Jesus and how much do I want these other things? But when we're sold out, when we're full on, we have an undivided spirit. And it's amazing what he can do with us. Israel's external difficulties actually resulted from Israel's internal condition and God promised to protect that. How many times do external difficulties come from our internal condition? Some stuff just comes at us, I know, but oftentimes, you know, we're, we're battling with this and things are going on and, and the place to start is our internal condition. Ezekiel 18.31, it says, Rid yourself of all the offences you have committed and get a new heart. And a new spirit, will you die, people of Israel? If a seed falls to the ground and dies, it will produce many seeds and there will be a great harvest. What is the journey into that? It says, get rid of the offences. 